Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Glory to God. We thank and praise God for the opportunity to teach on this morning. Hallelujah. We, we give honor to our pastor for allowing us to be able to teach a word that will bring change to the lives of those who want change. Somebody say hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Let us go to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 5. Hallelujah. This is a, a message that is dear to my heart. Matter of fact, let's just go to second. Let's start at the first verse, brother. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you have it, say praise the Lord. It says, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Look at your neighbor and say, we walk by faith and not by sight. So I want to introduce to you the topic this morning that we're going to be teaching on, embracing your potential. Embracing your potential. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to teach a word, God. Lord, I'm asking you to make me be quiet let me not teach by way of my understanding, by through the word of God and by through revelation, that people are not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Embracing your potential. A lot of you in here have something on the inside of you that you don't even know exists. But the problem is we are focusing on the now. We're looking at what things look like. A lot of times we may look at ourselves in the mirror and say to the person that we're looking at in the mirror that I do not like my now. Perhaps it may be a struggle with weight. And you know that the perfect size for you is 150 pounds. Perhaps you are double that. 
But there's a saying that they have in the world that in every big person is a skinny person. But the difference between the big person and the skinny person is potential. It's the work that has to be put in. Somebody say hallelujah. So what's going on right now is Paul is encouraging the church to stay on track with him in his apostolic mission. His hope was that the Corinthians would not get distracted with the things that would be very insignificant when they leave this earth. How many times do we allow things to distract us that really don't matter? We allow so many things to, to take our attention, to get us to be distracted, to get us our focus off of the main goal. Now, a segment of this church was opposed to Paul's ministry. And throughout 2 Corinthians, you will find that Paul is defending himself here and there, probably a lot better than us would do as far as humility is concerned. He did it with a spirit of humility. A lot of us, when we defend the word of God, we're puffed up. I never knew how angry I could get over the word of God until I became a part of truth. You'll be surprised how many arguments you get into about the word of God. And the word is supposed to bring life and is supposed to bring change. How can you try to... to <laughs> minister to someone and calling them stupid at the same time. I can't tell me how many times I have stormed out of houses just because I'm defending the word of God. That's why I give a lot of, and I, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I, I give a lot of uh, some of the other ministers credit because I can't tell you how many doors I've slammed in people's faces have come to my house preaching the wrong thing, but they keep going. Somebody say hallelujah. But he was probably doing a lot better with humility than most of us. And one way he defends it, by reminding the people who he is. A powerful statement that I often make. Look at your name and say potential. The way you can win over an atheist, it's not by the word of God. Because everything that you try to teach them out of that book, they have some way to explain it away. But the way to win over an atheist is by your life. By what's on the inside of you. They'll look at you and they'll see that there's something about you that they want to embrace. There's something about you they wish they could have the world that you have. Something about your kindness, about how humble you are. Somebody say hallelujah. But Paul was letting them know that he was a person whose life has been completely joined and united in Christ. And his purpose was to achieve eternal things. And his goal in this passage was to enforce Prioritization and make people aware of their potential. Now let's look at the word prioritize. 
Let's look at what that means. It means to determine the order of dealing with things according to its importance. And I believe everyone in here struggle with prioritization skills. And we make excuses for our struggle. I'm trying to lose weight again myself. And I tell my wife all the time, tomorrow I'm just going to go on this diet. And when I go on this diet, I'm going to eat good. And I'm going to, but then next thing you know, I told my wife now, Sister James made us a really good pumpkin pie from scratch. So I just have to eat this pumpkin pie because I don't want her to be offended. So I got to eat the whole thing because if I only eat one, she'll just, one slice, she'll just think I don't like it. So I got to eat the whole pumpkin pie just, you know, because that's my sister in the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. But prioritization skills is something that we focus, we, we have a problem with. Who wants to get up at five o'clock in the morning and pray? I've been to church all week. I deserve to sleep in. This is my only time to have some rest. You mean to tell me on my day off I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning too? Why should I be doing that? The reason why is because when you put things in the right importance, what you do is you're investing, you're investing in your potential. You're embracing your potential. Matthew 6 and 33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things shall be added unto you. So in embracing your potential, and you're going to see where I'm going with this, your first priority should be the kingdom. It shouldn't be the bills. It shouldn't be protection over your children. It should be the kingdom. Because everything you need is in the kingdom. Romans 14 and 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not filling your belly. It's not entertainment. It's not, praise the Lord, I got a brand new car, hallelujah. And those testimonies are fine, but that's not the kingdom. That's not going to get you into heaven. That's not going to bring you into your potential. But the Bible says, but the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness and peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the peace breakers. And joy in the Holy Ghost. You ever seen people that are just sad, always angry? Every 10 minutes they're getting mad about something. Where's your joy? Where's your Holy Ghost? You know why you're always getting upset about something? Because you're too carnal. You're focusing on the wrong things. So the wrong things have a major influence on you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not talking about nobody. He's just teaching the word. But the problem is we're focused on these things. Now, looking back at Paul, because, you know, the more I teach, the more I start getting lost. <laughs> and you got to bring yourself back in. 
He touches on these things. And you have to understand that Paul was a tent maker, and he knew how volatile tents could be. So he compares his body to a tent. He compares our body to a tent. For if we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Even if it doesn't look like it's supposed to look. Even though you don't feel like you're supposed to feel, you still have potential. You still have potential. A lot of times we look behind us and we say, I remember I used to make this amount of money. I remember back in the day, hallelujah, I used to accomplish these things. But I want you to know anything that you've ever done in your life that's not your potential. Once you've completed it, it becomes the past. It's something that you've mastered. Your potential is something that you have never done before. Let's look at God. He said, let there be light. And then there was. So where was light? Where was everything before he spoke it? It was in him. So what was it before he spoke it? It was potential. And we were made in his image. So all of you have things on the inside of you that you can speak into existence by way of potential. Somebody say hallelujah. Potential. Having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. Now, how can we embrace our potential? Look at your neighbor and say, how? By a plan. By a plan. That, may, that might make no sense to some of you. How can I embrace my potential by a plan? You have to plan your life according to what God says instead of what things look like. That's actually what faith is. Hebrews 11 and 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So faith is planning for something that you don't have as if you have concrete evidence in your hand that is coming or already here. You just haven't got to it yet. That's how you embrace your potential. You and you embrace your potential by way of a plan. In Habakkuk 2 and 2, it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not die. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. In other words, create a plan. Live your life as if you're in it, but you just can't see it yet. 
that's how you have to live your life. Even the world got it. This is a practice that just doesn't work for the church only. The world does it all the time. Oprah got on the TV show one time, and she told the people, she says, I want you to write yourself a list of the kind of man you want. And as you write your stuff down on the list, she says, the spirit of the list will fly up in the universe and bring you the kind of man you want. And all these people, hundreds of thousands, writing lists, sending all these testimonies. You haven't even had church folks sitting on Oprah saying, praise the Lord, Oprah, let me tell you something. The Lord show blessed me. I got the man I wanted, hallelujah. But the problem is, you're not planning according to God's plan. You're not planning according to the potential that God has placed on the inside of you. If there's anyone in here that may be single still, that's why it's important. Somebody just waved their hand. That's why it's important to know the plan of the person that you're entertaining. Because if you don't know the plan, one thing about my testimony, I interviewed my wife. I told her what time I go to bed at night. I told her what I want to be doing within the next five years. And she said, you know what? That's exactly what I want. Now, maybe she was just saying that because she knew I was so good looking and she didn't want to pass up this opportunity, you know, to, <laughs> to embrace this precious man of God standing before you. Or she really did have that plan. And guess what? It works. The majority of, uh, the, of the, the problems that we have in marriages today is because they're not on the same page. And because they did not plan out their life according to the word of God. So your plan differs from his plan. And you have various goals and confusion comes into place. And then distraction boils. And you're not able to hit the right target. You have to see you and yourself and your situation as God sees it. Even God has a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. God is thinking about you. He has you on his mind. And when he sees you, he doesn't see what you're looking at. He sees you as he created you to be before the foundations of the world. You have to see yourself through the lens that God views you. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. And this was during the time when Israel was being captive in Babylon. Catch this. Jeremiah 29 and 4. It says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom who have caused, who I have caused to be carried away. I did this. I brought you to a place of inconvenience. I assembled you. I brought you here. Somebody say glory to the Lamb of God. Because I knew that it would take this to help you get to the end result. 
I knew it would get your attention. Somebody say glory to God. I remember that there was this brother who was inside of the hotel room. He was in, in, inside of the hotel room, glory to God, and then he, he left out of the room and went into the elevator because he had an important meeting to go to. And, 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 and as he was in the elevator, the elevator stopped, and he was stuck in the elevator. Somebody say hallelujah, glory to God. Amen. And, and as the elevator was stopped, he was in there for 30 minutes, then 45 minutes, then an hour, then two hours. And he said, Lord, after I prayed all this time, I finally get the job that I want. And now I'm going to mess it up because you have allowed me to be stuck in this elevator. Lord, why hast thou forsaken me? Why am I going through so much? Then three hours came. He was still in it. He was like, oh, my gosh. I know I'm going to get fired. Then finally, somebody comes to the door and they open the elevator. And there's a bunch of paramedics there. Why? Because a man came into the hotel and began shooting up the hotel. Somebody say hallelujah. And that temporary inconvenience was a form of protection. To protect him from what was unseen at the time. You have to understand that God is protecting you. That's why you're stuck. Until I get this out of you, until I get the let there be lights out of you, you're going to remain in that situation just so you can be molded, just so he can get your attention. Somebody say glory to God. So the Bible says, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem into Babylon. But this is something that was so important to me. This right here really blessed me. Verse 5 of Jeremiah 29. Look at your neighbor and say, embrace your potential. Look at your other neighbor and say, you got to have a plan. In the midst of their situation, this is what they were encouraged to do. Build ye houses. And dwell in them and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. In other words, create a piece of heaven in the situation that you're in. Become a giant in the situation that you're in. That will allow you to outgrow your situation. Somebody say hallelujah. Take ye wives and begot sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give them daughters to, to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters that ye may be increased there, not diminished. Have a plan. You're going to become a great nation, a great army. Inside of all of you dwells nations. Inside of all of you dwells somebody else's answer. Somebody say glory to God. And seek the peace of the city. Whether I have caused you to be carried away of captives. And pray unto you. And pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof. Thou shall have peace. You shall still have peace. It will not destroy you. Because you will have peace. You would have embraced your potential. And plan your life. 
according to the word of God. And you're going to conquer this. You know that the thief coming not but to steal, kill, and destroy. And I explained to you what he wanted to, to steal. He wants to steal the word. He doesn't want you to know who you are. After he steals it, he wants to kill it. He wants to kill your drive. And he wants to destroy you because he knows after you have been killed, you, can, you still have power over death. He wants to destroy your potential. That's what he wants. He don't want you to see your potential. But if you plan it out, if you say from now on I'm not going to be a pessimist, I'm not going to see the situation as people with a carnal mind sees it. I'm not going to worry like the world anymore. I'm going to hold on to God. And I'm going to view myself and my situation as God views it. And I guarantee you, if you do that, you not will be victorious. You are victorious. Come on and put those hands together for the word of God. Let us all stand. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you for the word. Lord, we repent for every time we doubted you. We repent, God, for not forgiving ourselves. Lord, going forward, we're going to look to you. We're going to embrace what you've put on the inside of us. We're going to walk in obedience. No longer walking in doubt and walking in fear and walking in disobedience. Lord God, have your way in our lives. We give you permission to do everything that you said you would do. We submit to you, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on and put those hands together. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You have 22 minutes to fellowship. You can take advantage of that time. Hug somebody. Tell them you love them. Amen. Glory to God. So what we're going to do is take about five minutes to fellowship, and, and then we're going to come back in. In about 10, 12 minutes, we're going to pray before service. That sound good? Awesome. Thank you, Brother Turner, for that incredible uh, teaching on potential. The Lord certainly wants us to acquire that tremendous teaching. So please greet one another. You may want to make your way to the restroom, and then we're going to come back in and just fill this place up with prayer before service starts here at 11 o'clock. God bless you. Thank you.